0: Welcome to another episode of The Shift with Elena Agat. In this episode, I talk with Tered Rahman. She is a certified integrative nutrition health coach. And she really focuses a lot of her work around gut health and how that impacts just about everything that we do, we think, and just overall well-being. And if you've been listening to me for a while, I'm a huge health nut, or I do my best at least to be one. Um, And so this was really impactful for me because I've gone through my own journey of just health challenges and things that she was saying make so much sense. And having experienced those myself and even through my friends in terms of how much is it that the things that we struggle with the most are really like the illnesses and these health issues that we struggle with all generate from our gut and the food that we eat and the health of the bacteria in our gut and so on. So I found it super interesting, very insightful, inspiring. She has a story to tell based on her personal experience with health. And um, again, it's a more alternative way to take care of your health versus the traditional ways of just going and getting a bunch of medicine that has a number of side effects for most of us. So this was really impactful to, to look at, again, alternative ways that we can take care of our health without having to rely on external medication and things that are ultimately could be doing more damage than good. Harry, welcome to the pot- podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So I'm very excited to talk to you for multiple reasons, but the main reason is that I, in recent years, figured out that gut health is so very important and who better to talk to than a gut health coach and practitioner, so I'm very excited to chat about that and and share all the insights you've been sharing with me, even just right before we started uh, recording this with my audience. But before we get into that, I know there's a story of how you came around to being focused on that, so tell us the story. Sure. So um, a
1: few years ago, I was working as a social worker, and I was working, you know, 50 to 60 hours uh, a week. And it was for a quite a period of time, about about four years. And during that time, I continued to gain weight and weight was creeping up on me. and and I'm like, huh, that's interesting. Nothing's really changed with my diet. I wonder why that is. And then what happened was I started noticing a lot of chronic fatigue, even though, I was getting up and working out and eating healthy i'm like well that's interesting getting chronically fatigued that shouldn't really be happening right well i'm working a lot so probably that was it and then i kept on thinking okay i just getting this chronic anxiety like i would be in a meeting i would just be flooded with anxiety and i'm like Oh my gosh, what's going on with me? There's obviously something that's not right. So I ended up making an appointment um, with my doctor. And she said, Well, you have an underactive thyroid thyroid. So a lot of times people call that hypothyroidism. Okay. So the doctor, I said, Okay, so what does that mean? And she's like, Well, you'll need to take medication most likely for the rest of your life in order to Mm. correct this. And then it's like, well, that doesn't seem like the right solution for me. Mm. (laughs) I wanted to just not, you know, mask
0: the symptoms.
1: Mm. I really wanted to find out what the root cause was, you know. So I thanked the doctor for the time. And then I said, you know, I'll get back to you if I think that medication is the route for me. But I like to really research this and see if there's other ways that I could heal myself without going Mm -hmm. to medication. And the, one of the main reasons was for me is when I was like 18 years old, um, my mother died of being overly medicated. So all my life, I was just like medication is really like the last resort. So let's do things, you know, a little better. Mm -hmm. And um, during that process, I discovered you can absolutely reverse an underactive thyroid if you're going to do the right things for it. But you need to hook yourself up with people who actually know how to do that, right? So I went to a natural type of doctor, a naturopath, and discovered that absolutely you can reverse your thyroid condition. And it's really not about the thyroid it's about your lifestyle and how you're managing your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was a big eye opener. And then I discovered during the process that I had um, several food sensitivities. Okay, because I was getting like anaphylactic like sh- um, symptoms where I would be eating something and I would just get this swelling in my throat, for example. Mm-hmm. And I, it was at usually at night, and and then I was taking like a Benadryl for it. I'm like, what is going on here? Well, that happened to be I had these food sensitivities. So I got tested by my naturopath for food sensitivities, and I learned that I had like 28 of them. And I'm like, wait a minute, I eat healthy what's going on? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, So it was a big eye opener, because when I look back in the research, then it was like, oh, all of this stemming from stress. Mm -hmm. And what I thought was eating healthy was a lot not what it really was about. Okay. Mm -hmm. So even though I, for example, thought that uh, things like cereal, skim milk, and a banana were healthy. <laughs> I had a big eye opener like uh, that is not healthy. That is not a healthy breakfast. And so I went back to, okay, let's get out all the sugar out of my diet. Let's get out the refined carbs out of my diet. And in that process, I actually end up reversing my thyroid condition by Mm. you know and basically i realized you have to heal the gut because when you are exposing yourself to stress from multiple areas of your life not just from your food but can create stress on the body but like things like sugar and toxins can be very stressful to the body right but so can stress and that's where i held my emotions right So when you do that over time, it creates this like what they call leaky gut. And then I'm like, okay, that's where we got to focus in on is healing that leaky gut. So that's my story. I was able to reduce my food sensitivities, reverse my underactive thyroid, get rid of the chronic anxiety, the depressive, anxious thoughts all the time, and really change my energy level because mm. that was the big thing i was like chronically fatigued too and having a little bit of brain fog and some bloating and some flatulence which i didn't even know was like related to my to my gut i i thought thought that was a normal thing that everybody mm. had
0: <laughs> i have so, so many questions so okay. let, let's let's start what well, first of all i think it's i think the point that you brought on around um just well the fact that you you decided to take into your own kind of into your ownership right and like do your own research what's interesting is that because you had an experience with your mom and you were kind of just super sensitive to medication but I'm you know as you were telling that story you know it's like how many people are on the opposite end and like medication helps their people and this is the difficult part this is the where it's like that self-education comes in right because I think you know, th- there's great uh, medication and medicine that saves the world and all that. But then there's also a lot of uh, the factors that it's a business, pharmacy is a business and uh, we have to be aware of that. So it's like, do you really need to, that medication? And and to your point, you're like, I didn't wanna just like uh, cover it. You didn't wanna put a Band-Aid on a broken leg. Like you were trying to get to the bottom of it. So I'm just curious, like, you know, just from you, like, as you're doing this work, Do you see Mm -hmm. people being uh, receptive or the opposite in terms of when you're like, well, go the natural way? Because I I agree with you. I I mean, uh, I I think that you should always try it at least, right? If you're not like, you know, if nothing's super urgent and emergency, you should definitely try the natural way. But do you see hesitation from people? I do because it often
1: involves what they think is uh, giving up a lot of things in their life. Uh, For example, they might have a love for, You know, sugar and be very addicted to that they might have a strong addiction to refined carbs and you know emotional eating plays a role in all that so Mm -hmm. there's a lot of resistances and they don't want to acknowledge sometimes that these things are even though they're important they don't want to take the time and the effort that it takes to reverse things Mm -hmm. and knowing like it's so much easier to take a pill right but that pill over time isn't going to help the gut you know it's going to actually do a lot more damage over time
0: yeah and it's still going to cause like side effects other things right
1: exactly because all medications have some form of toxicity to them that the body doesn't not recognize mm-hmm. and it creates the inflammation in the body and so when you have chronic inflammation in the body that leads to disease So it's really important, I think, for people just to understand that they need to take a look if they want to at the natural approaches that, okay, it might take a year or two, but what are you going to gain in your life? Mm -hmm. I mean, really think about the energy that you could have. Like for me, I feel a lot more like in my 20s now again is for my energy level mm. and I'm in my 50s now and so and I get all the time like how do you you know stay so energetic and I'm like this is what I do you know yeah. I'm taking my health into my own hands and I work at it every day
0: yeah that's uh and I mean you, you look great you're like you know you're you're definitely you can, you can see like you're uh, almost shining, you know, I mean, I know a part of it is the light, but you, you do have that very, very kind of, uh, nice presence to you as well. So it's, uh, it definitely shows because you can see, and I'm also curious, um, have you seen how your maybe, uh, skin changed after you started doing that? Like, I'm curious about those things because I think that there, you can see a big difference, at least from, in my experience, like from the people in my life who have made certain changes like that. Have you seen that in yourself in terms of how you look even? I have. Actually,
1: it's very interesting because when I started getting rid of the sugar and the refined carbs out of my diet and all the prepackaged foods and all of that, I noticed that I didn't break out anymore. Mm. So I would usually have maybe a couple pimples, you know, that we're always doing. Now I don't. Okay. It's very rare that I would. And if I do, it's typically because I'm not getting enough sleep, which is a very important component. Like I've got health too. But yes, your skin can clear up. In fact, a lot of times people will go to like a dermatologist because they think, oh, I have this skin rash or whatever. But they don't realize it's actually related to their food that they're ingesting. So they're going to be given, you know, medication to put on or to take for their skin condition. But actually, a lot of that can be reversed by just eating and being aware of maybe one's food sensitivities or the health of their gut. Like if they you know, are having a lot of symptoms of uh, like bloating or fatigue, um, gas, um, abdominal cramping, uh, constipation, diarrhea, those are all good signs that you have some issues going on with your gut. And if you resolve those things, Yes, your skin can improve and your hair can improve. I mean, yeah, and and it's funny. I do not use anything really on my skin except for either castor oil or mm-hmm. coconut oil.
0: That's yeah. all. Very interesting. Yeah, but I mean, because I I definitely feel like there's um there's a lot to that, right? Like it's not just about how you feel, but also you can almost physically see this transformation in a person. Um, yeah. I'm curious also, um, in terms of like you, you mentioned one thing, like, okay, I used to think that cereal was healthy, right? But it's full of sugar. And I think that is one of the biggest things we miss as people. And I mean, myself included, right? Like sugars in everything. So, you know, what is it like, I'm curious to know, like, and, and even an alcohol, right? So two part question one, let's talk about sugar. And two, okay. where does alcohol come in into all of this? Okay, so sugar, especially the refined sugar, first of all, there's like
1: over 65 different names for sugar Mm. okay all right and that's purposely because the food industry has made it very clever people know to sometimes avoid sugar so they'll give a different name to the sugars what are some like
0: typical ones yeah corn syrup Mm -hmm.
1: fructose high fructose corn syrup would be one um uh, malitol i think is another one Uh, dextrose lactose all the fructoses um, juice for example extremely high in sugar same Mm -hmm. as soda right Mm -hmm. it's comparable to the same amount of sugar in a soda a lot of times so uh, people don't realize that they're like oh if i drink juice that's probably a healthy thing like well if you want to if you want a bunch of sugar in your body but sugar has been known to increase inflammation in the body it's been known to um ins- uh, really cause uh fatty liver disease if you're eating too much sugar it affects the liver very mm. much we are not meant to be getting the amount of sugar that we are getting in our diet and the other thing is that a lot of things people don't recognize as sugar are things like uh like a piece of bread okay mm. if you're buying store bought bread that all turns to sugar in the body, okay? And, and cereals, that all turns to sugar in the body. So you really wanna be conscious of the amount of sugar that you're getting into your body because the people who live the longest, they're saying, are the ones who have a metabolic stability, which means that they are not relying on sugar to uh, fuel their bodies. They're relying more on the healthy fats, you know, and keeping that blood sugar low. So like um, uh, when you go to the doctor, you it's very important to really just ask about your glucose level because finding that out can be very helpful and your hemoglobin a1c levels very important as well because that kind of gives you a framework of how you know your the blood the sugar in your blood has been over the past 3 months so those numbers can be very helpful because it kind of gives you a starting point of okay where am i at mm-hmm. and where can i where should i get to you know so yeah sugar i think is one of the most um, important things to be aware of that it's a toxin the body will you know often create inflammation to try to get rid of the sugar as quickly as possible it will um it will spark an insulin spike in you and so you don't want those insulin spikes because you're going to be like an emotional roller coaster it's going to put hormones out of balance so there's so many things just with sugar like getting rid of that as much as possible the diet can have a huge impact on someone's health.
0: Mm. Yeah. You know, uh, as you're talking, like especially about the bread, I think it's just a lot of people don't realize that sugar is literally like in everything, and yeah. um, and they might say, "Well, I don't eat sweets," but they eat like so many other things that are just packed with sugar, or like protein bars. That's my favorite protein oh, yeah. bars. It's like it is filled with sugar. It's the worst thing for you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And and kids
1: cereals. I mean, the, the food industry markets to the children, right? And I know I grew up eating those sugared cereals. And then I look at it, up, I'm like, that was just a bowl of sugar. Mm. Why are we feeding our children, our p- most precious commodity, sugar for breakfast? Yeah. Oh my goodness. You know, yeah. so yeah, and things you just don't think of, even the healthier sugar uh, cereals will turn to sugar in the body. Yeah. So it's really important like cornflakes, if you for example, just look at cornflakes, corn is mostly sugar. Mm. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, even things like um, you know oatmeal can be difficult for people because oats are, will turn to sugar as well in the mm. body. you know um, But if you choose to eat that particular item, you know, I would recommend putting some ground flaxseed in it to kind of minimize the blood sugar intake because that'll, the fiber, the extra fiber that you're getting can kind of help minimize that. So, Hmm. and then, you know, when you're thinking of like, um, milk that has a lot of sugar in it, right? Especially Hmm. the skim milk and it's more highly processed. So there's so many things that if you can just eliminate the sugar out of the diet as much as possible, mm-hmm. it, you're going to feel better, have more emotional regulation, um, your clarity and your thinking can be much better. A lot of times people, um, especially children, are like diagnosed with like ADD and it's because they're getting a lot of sugar in their diet yeah. and dyes too is another big one. But
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, what about alcohol? A lot of talk about alcohol, good, bad for the gut health this is about balance, moderation. What is it? Should we just avoid it altogether? Um, alcohol is
1: one of those things where you can, um, uh, there are some alcohols, I believe, um, that don't have this sugar impact. However, it's really important to realize the impact of alcohol on the liver, right? Mm-hmm. So, Alcohol is one of those kind of sneaky things that, you know, people say, well, I only have one drink a day or whatever. And I'm like, okay, but look at all that sugar extra that you're, now your body has to process, your liver has to process. And that all takes energy, right, for your, so it's going to just, if you already have a problem with energy, it's going to even make it worse, because now your body has to process all that. In addition to the sugar and whatever else it's putting into the body, right? Mm -hmm. So alcohol is one of those things I would say to minimize. In fact, um, I listen to Dr. Eamon often, and he says people really should not be having more than one to two drinks per week Mm -hmm. for good brain health. And I would say for gut brain health, too, because one of the things with a lot of people don't know about alcohol is that it it actually severs the microvilli in the intestines so when you're drinking alcohol that is the microvilli get severed and then they can't absorb like the nutrients from the food properly right and because so because of that hmm. then it it just creates this ongoing problem you know with people not being able to get even the nutrients then out of the food Mm. So, so anyway, uh, uh, my personal position on alcohol is I am not a big fan of alcohol and I would not, um, you know, support, uh, support the food industry for that. Okay. Mm. But if you were to drink, I would be very careful to look at the sugar in the alcohol that you're consuming, you know, and just realize it's something, um, to have, you know, very infrequently if you decide to have it you know
0: yeah, yeah moderation and, i guess
1: right yeah mm-hmm. and and you have to be careful with the word moderation but you know i yeah. like i say dr Amons, um you know his research on brain health is very very good and um i think that's one of the main things is you know his guidance i think is good one to two drinks per week would be a good you know and and drinks you know i don't know the ounces on that, right? Be,
0: yeah, yeah, that's like, like eight uh, maybe, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not a big cup. <laughs> so. But I, I wonder, I wonder, you know, uh just how much also like all these things. But I wonder how much is that around balancing not only what you're eating and drinking, but also balancing how much you're sweating, maybe going to a sauna, working out, moving, right? Because I feel like if you're burning it off, if you're if you're detoxing yourself. Obviously, I mean, obviously, it's really silly to drink just so you can detox. But I'm, just, but I wonder if there's like you know, correlation between you know combining all these things. And obviously, it's going to be different for everybody. So how does like exercise play into all of this?
1: Well, exercise is one of those those big things because it helps to balance out your hormones a lot of times. But if you're already stressed, for example. You have to be mindful what kind of exercise you're going to do. So movement mm. is key, right, for everybody. Um, but if you're already stressed, for example, the best type of exercise probably for you would be something like walking, okay? Because if you're constantly stressed, you don't want to put more stress on the body by doing like like hit, you know, like high-intensity interval training or something like that. You'd want to do something like walk, walking or yoga. Maybe mm-hmm. some doing some kettlebells. Maybe doing some squats. Um, those kinds of things. But exercise is is really key, of course, to longevity. The it's one of the biggest you know longevity markers out there, and it's it's actually crucial. None of us were supposed to be in an office sitting, right? If you go to our ancestors, they were all active they were gathering they were hunting or they were gardening um, doing very active things and it's not since what the 1970s 80s that we started here having serious issues with obesity and being sedentary so sedentary being sedentary is the now the new smoking actually So it's just Mm -hmm. right. So it's just as important to get that physical activity in every day. And I tell people just try to aim for 30 minutes a day. You know, if you're not at 30 minutes a day. Try 10 minutes first then increase it you know and get that eventually into at least 30 to 45 minutes a day where Mm -hmm. you are and you don't have to do it all in one sitting and i guess that's one of the common misconceptions is that people think that they have to go to the gym and they have to you know make well no you can make maybe 10 minutes to go for a walk in your neighborhood Mm -hmm. if you're working from home or if you are able to do that at your workplace um, but you can mm. schedule it in, you know, make it a priority because the benefits certainly outweigh, you know, any, anything else you can do.
0: Hmm. No, I'm so, I mean, I'm, I'm, my audience knows I'm a huge fan of exercise. So it's. Uh, <laughs> I think they hear they, it's shoved down their throats and ears every time they listen to a podcast that, I, that I'm hosting. But um, sure. what what about relationships? How do relationships and people in our lives can impact? Because I can imagine that this is probably all absolutely. connected absolutely so
1: relations are extremely important too so thinking about um, uh, relationships are they uplifting for you mm-hmm. or are they draining on you and I think it's very important to be mindful of you know what type of person we are hanging around because you know we're going to um have that influence from that person right so is that person someone who actually lifts us up and are they worth my time then spending Mm -hmm. with them and if they're not how can i reduce maybe my time with them okay Mm -hmm. you know and and sometimes that's hard for people to do especially like if they have a boss that they have to interact with right family member Family member can be difficult, right? So it's just like, how do you navigate that? And one of the things um, that I can share with you um, is just a a frame of mind of of responding to people rather than reacting to them, you Mm -hmm. know, and getting curious about how you are reacting to someone Mm -hmm. instead of being judgmental about them or yourself. You know, it all starts with our own self, right? And how we perceive, you know, other people. It starts with how we perceive ourselves. So how is the, first of all, the relationship with myself? I think that's really key, examining that. If, If I have a positive relationship with myself, then I'm able to have a positive relationship with other people, right? Yeah. So it always starts with ourselves. And then when you are around maybe people who um, you're perceiving as more negative, okay, so how much time do you actually want to spend with that person then? Because even, for example, um, if you are watching the news, they say, don't watch more than 30 minutes a day because all that negativity will have an effect on your mind and how you perceive your own attitude. So it's really, my, it's really important to be mindful of relationships are like food, okay? They can be nourishing wow. or they can be depleting on our energy. So, mm-hmm. and I think it's really also important to be mindful of your personality because some people, like more introverts, they get their energy from downtime. So if they're spending a lot of time with someone who is high energy, that can be very exhausting for them hmm. right so it's important to recognize you know your own personality and who like kind of gives you energy and who is depleting your energy
0: hmm. you know what's interesting is that you know kind of like well when we started talking i mean before we started recording you yeah. know you're saying that we we know that we need to do this as people and yet there's so much money in the health industry in the coaching industry in the well-being space because we're simply just don't want to do the basics I mean myself included I mean I probably could I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of things I could do differently you know um yeah. and and mm-hmm. and I and I I mean obviously I'm in this space as well so like I I know it better um, but it's just it's just phenomenal and as we're talking about gut health I wonder how much of it it's not just about motivation but it is just about the food so maybe instead of like trying to fix everything at the same time it sounds like starting with food might actually then help us be more active more energetic maybe work out maybe have better relationships because i i mean i i think just like what we eat affects how we think right and it it's, uh, sure. I, I wonder if that's just the, the magic to it all, you know, the magic pill is in the food, Be, even before exercise or sleep or anything else. Like, yes, we have to have those, you know, mm-hmm. but I wonder if it's, it's almost like, you know, even if you're exercising and sleeping, if you're eating like crap, you're just sabotaging yourself along the way.
1: Absolutely. Well, I'm a big po- proponent of eating real food. And what that means to yeah. me is eating food that hasn't been altered or processed or refined. Mm -hmm. so you want to think of your fruits your vegetables just plain meat you know um and if you want to do grains just keep in mind that that's still a processed food okay so we were meant to eat fruit vegetables and meat (laughs)
0: yeah (laughs) right yeah you know uh i I, we were riding with my boyfriend maybe a couple months ago and i've mentioned this on my podcast before actually but we were riding in a, um so the, we were comparing, you know, we just noticed the difference between where we live. So we live in a little bit more of like a, a upper middle class area. And we happen to be driving through a more of a lower class area neighborhoods. And the difference between the kind of stores, restaurants, uh, shops, cafes that are available, it's like here you'll have like the 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 healthier options you know you'll have like and you'll have different food stores uh with different options and then you go to like the uh you know low income kind of areas and it's so much you know just fast food and i mean like on like every block there'll be like a fast food and there will be like maybe one just one grocery store and and you know and and you know i don't want to go into conspiracy theories here but i just wonder how much of it is you know like just designed to keep the majority of the people down because it's like it's education it's everything you know what i mean it's the whole system and and so because i'm sure people that are listening is like well yeah great terry but i live in you know i you know i, I don't even have access to these things and if you're growing up in a neighborhood where you know you, you're to, to your point about the environment like it's very it's very hard to lead a healthy lifestyle if everything around you is designed for you to fail basically
1: that is so true. I, they, they call those areas food deserts, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, where there's really no real food available. So that is a it is an extreme problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do have to say that um, that there are websites like, for example, Thrive Market is a place where people can go and actually get food delivered to their home. So they would order the food and it would come directly to their home. So that's kind of one way around that, if Mm -hmm. they're aware of it, okay, Mm -hmm. Um, where they can get real food. Um, The other thing is it might involve, you know, talking to somebody outside of your circle and how you can get real food into your home. So maybe once a month you are gonna go somewhere else if you can you know you know have somebody give you a ride somewhere to like the uh, farmer's market or something and get some real food you know into your home um a lot of times so people will get together and they'll like buy a whole cow or a whole pig for example and that can be very helpful too because then you'll have you know the meat if if you're a meat eater um or You know, getting the canned foods, um, you know, going to um, a place where they sell the um, real canned food, Mm -hmm. you know, from the farmers markets or other people that they know who have maybe a garden and they are able to. So reaching out, I think, is really important for them to be able to uh, find people and just inquire, like, how can I a lot of the schools can be maybe helpful in that too of helping mm-hmm. the parents get linked up to um, real food because I mean that is really really important too for the children right because a lot of parents are are not being able to feed their children healthy yes. but the schools will often know how to help you know
0: in that regard yeah well hopefully right again depending on <laughs> depending on, on their area on the yeah. area and just uh yeah I mean yeah. not all schools are made equal even in, in the good areas it's it's questionable but yeah, yeah it's, it's it's just tough what I, you know what like it's just yeah. such a complex topic it's such a comp it's it's a it's an easy easy action point but it's so complex on the solutions you know like it's mm-hmm. it's like one of those things like we know and it's easy, but the the solutions are so much more beyond the individual. Sometimes like yes, ideally we want somebody who is you know uh, takes ownership and accountability and really is does their research, but it's just not the reality. And sometimes I feel like even the system is like just set up to 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 keep you away from that, right? And to feed you other things. And um, it's just interesting. Like I, I'm just thinking about that as you're as you're speaking on this topic.
1: Yeah, in fact, um Dr. Hyman wrote a good book about that particular topic if your listeners want to check it out. It's called mm-hmm. The Food Fix. Um and it's he really is addressing in there how as a country, we really need to fix our food industry because it's no. people are just being um really kind of succumb mm-hmm. to what's available. So how can we change that at a government level yeah right. like right so that we don't have these food deserts and all these kids then who and people who are you know getting diseases like 10 years old people are
0: getting fatty liver disease I mean this is we didn't hear about this years ago no no craziness um where can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more about you or or maybe have a chat about their health
1: Sure. Um, They can go to my website at Terry Total Health. So T-E-R-R-I Total dot com. And there they can sign up if they want to uh, for a complimentary consultation with me, because I believe in just getting people started in their you know on their food and wellness journey right Mm -hmm. so if they're having any difficulty with that i offer a 50-minute complimentary consultation they can sign up i have a Calendly link it's very easy to sign up there Um, i also can be reached on facebook at terry ramon Um, And people can, you know, take a look at my information there and my videos and, and, uh, but I think the best way is to uh, reach me uh, on my website, or even on LinkedIn, they can find me at Terry Roman.
0: Nice. I'm going to share all of that in the show notes. And the last question I have for you, Terry is what is one question you wish people would ask themselves more often?
1: It's a big one. Um, I wish that people would just ask themselves, is this helpful or Mm. harmful? Because it's such a simple question, but with every decision you make every single day, if you ask yourself, is this helpful or harmful Mm. to me and to my body? I I think that's one of the biggest questions that I often ask myself, because if I'm choosing to, you know, put something into my body that I know isn't good, that would be harmful, right? Mm -hmm. But what would be helpful to me right so I wish people would just ask themselves that particular question it just makes them more conscious of every decision that they're going to make
0: Mm, beautiful well thank you Terry for your time for sharing your insights and knowledge and I look forward to more of your content and hopefully chatting again sometime oh thanks
1: Elena I would I love that too